Oh yeah, nothing was accomplished, but it did give a whole new meaning to monkey and around. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, continuing with your joke that has to do with last week. <laughs> there we go. So that's good. That joke was appealing. All uh, right. So welcome, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix. The podcast where we fix a recent film, as well as give you a little bit of movie news with me, as always, are the hosts that carry the show. So what did you do this weekend, Lady Juan? Maybe uh, you could tell us if you did something movie related, or you could tell us if you did anything at all, you know? Maybe you finally popped out your dog's inverted nipple. I don't know. Like, so just tell us whatever you did this weekend. That's like defamatory about my dog. Um, (laughs) She's absolutely perfect. There's no flaws there. Um, <laughs> no fixing necessary. I, Except for the inverted nipple. No, they're all fine. All eight of them are fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a very busy weekend, but I will say the most entertainment-related activity I had was I went to see a musical last night that a, a friend of a friend actually wrote, and it was wonderful, hilarious, dirty, wow. emotional. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It's called Little Black Dress, and it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Little Black Dress. Mm-hmm. It was great. Tell us about this lady one. Don't they say that every woman has a little black dress? Yes. What is the purpose of said little black dress? Is it, is that like the go-to yeah. sexy? It's all reliable. Robert Palmer, simply irresistible. Mm-hmm. That uh, <laughs> slick back hair. <laughs> She's so fine. <laughs> So why don't you tell us about, do you own a little black dress and when do you bust it? Oh, I own so many, so many. I did wear one to the show. It was, it, it oh. felt necessary. Everybody oh. did. It was a whole crowd of women having a great time all in their LBDs. It was really fun, but. Oh, no. there's an acronym. Yes, of course there's an acronym. <laughs> yeah, I bought my first one from Express when I was a sophomore in high school. Like, why did you feel like you needed it? Because I didn't have one yet. It was, it's a closet staple and I needed a dress that I could wear literally anytime I needed to look nice. It doesn't matter the occasion. You can always wear a black dress. It's a classic. It's the, it's the khaki shorts. <laughs> Old faithful. Sure. The female. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's something right. everybody, every, uh, every girl needs. It's the gray. <laughs> It's the gray t-shirt v-neck <laughs> of... It's better than that. <laughs> of, <yeah. laughs> Just it's, it's got a little more impact. A little bit more sauce, if you yeah. will, I suppose. All right, Mustachio, uh, what did you do this weekend? Did you do anything that was film-related? I, I don't know, maybe you did uh, something non-film-related, but just tell us what you did. You know, Maybe you uh, finally hiked Mount McNasty. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> What's the... Uh... The height of the peak of Mount McNasty. About average. Yeah, about average. All right. No, I, um, I'm i actually uh, healing from a, like, ugly Deadpool-looking burn on my arm. I've been uh, down and out for a while. Wow. Yeah, it turns out. Um, That's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gross. <laughs> when you walked into the studio, I believe I gasped. Yeah. I. You and everybody cried else. Cried a little bit for you. <laughs> Lady one, what what did you think when he walked in with with that arm? He's a trooper. Still yeah. came to the studio even with an injury. 
Yeah, it it looks it's gross, but it's tough it, stuff. You know what? Don't fuck with a car's radiator when it's overheating. Um, it, no, it will ruin your world. Don't touch that cap, everyone. Yep, damn cap. So that, that's made me um like just stay in, watch movies. Been watching like this old Jim Jarmusch film, Stranger Than Paradise, and trying to get into some Christopher Guest stuff. Trying mm-hmm. to break in. I broke in with a mighty wind. Is how I started out. Is that a movie about flatulence? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the mightiest of wind. I think is the one you're thinking of. Yeah, but, <laughs> so that's good. It's good. What what about what about you, JC? Uh, what what have you been doing? Have you uh, you built that uh, that tower of water bottles that you've always tried to erect? What? I got to start that over with. <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? It is. It's hard. It is. It is hard to kind of off the cuff just think of something ridiculous, but also. And I don't pre-write these down. Uh-oh. Oh, I, we that's can the tell. hardest. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're better than others. It's absolutely true. Anyway, leave that to me. Yeah, I will. I will. You do it good. This weekend, I went to an amusement park. I went to Disney World. I also went to a German festival. I also saw Avengers. Infinity War. Oh as yeah, I'm sure I forgot it. All did of that. you did. <laughs> oh yeah. So I had to see it opening night. I am still stunned. I think I was still stunned while I was watching today's movie that we're gonna fix, mm-hmm. which is I Feel Pretty. Mm-hmm. You feel stunned. I was still feeling pretty stunned from Infinity War. Ugh. I Feel Pretty was like a nice little palate cleanser, maybe. You know, I was like, I just need to watch something that's not gonna like hurt my little my little boy heart. But anyway, so yeah, uh, today we are gonna fix. I feel pretty, but first let's dive into some movie news just a little bit. We got a few items this week. This was an Infinity War heavy week, so there wasn't that many big things that dropped. And one thing that did drop, though, was the full Venom trailer. So the first Venom trailer was kind of panned and mocked because there was no Venom in it. It was very obviously a trailer that dropped before any of the visual effects had been completed. Uh, it was just showing Tom Hardy in mysterious situations or something. But this that finally dropped, we do see the special effects. We see the black goop emanating from him. And we do, at the very end, you get the reveal of the Venom face mm-hmm. with the tongue that comes out, which Elizabeth Banks tweeted out that it looks like he's sucking a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yes. Um, so anyway... Tom Hardy, Venom trailer, did you watch it? Do you want to see Venom now? What are your thoughts? Lady Juan. I did not know Jenny Slate was in this movie. I didn't look anything up, so I first saw her in this trailer, and she is looking like Ruth Diamond Phillips from Kroll Show with her glasses. I am excited for her to be in this. Do you have any problems with her saying symbiote? Like, is that is that how you pronounce that? She keeps on being like, the symbiote. I don't know. You say mustachio when it's mustache-based, so <laughs> I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> mustachio sounds more sinister than mustachio. Yeah, it does. yeah I know, but it's it, it sounds moose-based when you say okay, it. Okay, <laughs> so evil count mustachio or evil count mustachio? <laughs> yeah, I'm still going with mustachio. So anyway, continue. Jenny Slate. Yeah, I love Jenny Jenny Slate too. Um, mm-hmm. What else do you think about this trailer? I wish they hadn't shown the whole Venom face. 
I would rather that last shot we just see it, like him from the back of his head and we see the guy reacting because that was crazy and I was like oh I kind of wish you'd saved this for me it left me thinking the same thing as the Jurassic World which is like the first trailer was like I got nothing and by the last trailer I'm like oh I've seen the whole movie there's a happy medium and I guess it's really hard to hit mustachio <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the venom uh, latest trailer yeah i'm actually um i'm a little distracted when i watch this now because ever since i read online that somebody said tom hardy walks like a boxer now i'm he does now I'm, i have i uh, yeah yes <laughs> right now i'm paying attention to his gait pattern all the fucking time he does he just walks like this hulking thug yeah and so i'm like that's a lurched gait you know, that could be due to knee weakness or instability. And I'm like actually thinking about those things like, <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah, diagnosed. He's he's compensating for the left hand side of his body. And so I'm just actually like now I'm like watching him walk like I do with, with people at like an airport. Like I'll just watch people walk. And it, it's the only place where I can actually get away with watching people walk and it doesn't look creepy. Might look yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's so not going to Minneapolis. What is he doing here? So, yeah, he that one of the things I, I I noticed in this was he's he's supposed to be a reporter, and nothing about him to me screams Says reporter. reporter. Yeah. No. yeah, even the cadence of his voice. Yeah, he talks the way, really weird in this. Right? What is that? The cadence of his voice is strange. The way he walks is strange. Just feel like he's Tom Hardying so hard in this. <laughs> yeah, where he needed to play a reporter character and instead we're getting like tom hardy from warrior you did you watch that remember that one like the mma i never watched it no i haven't i haven't either but i'm just thinking bronson when i see him now like walking like that right or bronson he's just i i was getting no reporter out of out of him yeah, yeah. and his cadence is so weird with his stammering stuff in a way talks yeah. like this it's so bizarre journalists usually have to like kind of make you feel adjusted and, and at ease when asking you questions because they that's, that's how they have to come at you. But when they come at you like, you know, this Bane-esque, you know, kind of way, you're like, you're not going to answer shit. Hypothetically, what like reporter is going to walk up to like a congressman and be like, congressman, I, there, there's a thing and you're corrupt. You're going to have to tell me everything I need to know. Yeah, nothing's like that. They come up and like, Mr. Congressman, tell us about the thing. They're more fast-spoken, clear. They need to get their question out. Again, nothing about him screamed They, they need to seem like they're not going to beat you up. He's he's going to beat you up for that information, and that's kind of not what reporters do. He seems like he's like sent by the reporter to rough him up and get info. I wasn't buying the that he was a reporter. I, it was very odd interpretation of investigative journalists to me. You know, maybe Tom Hardy is at a point in his career where he doesn't feel like he needs to play characters anymore, where he's just showing up and being Tom Hardy. Oh, no. He's weird. Right? He's just acting weird. Yeah. This accent of his and this thing, I'm not really sure what it is. It sounds like there's something wrong with him a little bit. <laughs> like, sounds like he's got like, it sounds like he, you know, might have been in some special classes when he was in school. I don't know. It's just odd. Anyway, Venom trailer dropped. Now that they've shown me the face, I'm no more interested in it than I was before they showed me the face. How about you, Mustachio? Same. Lady Wan? Yeah, I just wish they hadn't showed it to me. And his eyes were weird. So somebody online said that the eyes look like the icing from Toaster Strudel. And yeah, (laughs) 
They do. They look like I I noticed some weird thing of, of the, how the eyes look weird. It looks strange. It's not as sharp. It just doesn't fit the face. It just it really does look like claymation or something. I don't know. Ridiculous. And it definitely looks like Tosha Strudel cream. Delicious. Uh, some other news that was just kind of news that wasn't really released. It just kind of slipped out of Alden's mouth. Our Han Solo, Alden Ironreich, was being interviewed, and he revealed that he had actually been signed to do uh, three movies. Did I just go through puberty? Three. Every week? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Every week I go through, pu- <laughs> I go through puberty once a week. I'm only a man during this pod. When it's done, I shrink back into a boy, and I go to school. But yeah, he apparently has signed to do three movies as Solo. Do you think that this means that there may be a Solo trilogy? Or do you think this is one of those like Marvel-esque type deals where those three films could also, like one or two of those could just be appearances in other films? What do you think, Lady One? I hope so. I hope that it's just one of those where he's agreed to portray the character on three occasions. That's what I'm hoping, because I don't want to watch a whole trilogy all about Han when it's not Harrison Ford. Also, I'm kind of hoping as well that it's one of those where they just flat out signed him to three to start, and then it's up to them if they even want to follow through on the other two. Because if this isn't that great and doesn't do that well, don't just make him because it's in the contract. Just break that and just pay him out, man. Uh, moose, moose that. Say I'm it how you want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> moose, say it moustachio. your way. Moustachio. Mustachio. What do you think? With Han, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't go in the direction of him doing like a his best Harrison Ford. Like impressionists love when you can you can actually have somebody land that and do that well. But I understand they want to make that character his own. He brings with it a fresh new look or maybe the same looks, but he doesn't have to sound like him. I'll see it, but I don't know. I kind of want to hear a good Harrison Ford out of him. I don't know if the buzz for Solo is so high that this is a surefire trilogy. I'm hoping that this just means he'll have a cameo and maybe a Lando an Obi Wan movie. Right. Yeah. A Lando movie Lando or movie. or an Obi Wan movie or a Boba Fett movie. A Chewbacca film. Or a Chewbacca film, perhaps. Although the Star Wars holiday special was kind of a Chewbacca film. <laughs> If you've never seen it, I really recommend watching it. It's canon. <laughs> Next, uh, let's talk about uh, a couple sequels. We're getting more of what we like. Yay, sequels. Oh, Yay. <laughs> I want a second one of everything. Seconds, please. <laughs> Whoa. What was that? What? What? Uh, <laughs> my nephew just ran by. All right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we are, a sequel has been announced to Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. We, of course, fixed Jumanji. We liked Jumanji a lot. Yeah, it was super fun. I had a great time. All of us did. <laughs> and, of course, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle came out something like more than 10 years, right, after the original Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this one's coming out just in, you know, the sequel's been announced, so obviously it's going to be somewhere no more than two years out. Are you looking to have a sequel here with the same cast are you looking for something different uh what do you really think they can do with a sequel i i just have to point out that if you're asking me that question our <laughs> our audience from the episode where we did jumanji knows that i haven't seen it yet still probably what they, the? they, they know i didn't what, watch what's it then wrong with you because you said you said just lie about it <laughs> Yeah, I think we did pretty successfully cover yeah. that one so that yeah. so that it, it was not clear that you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I think like, we why is it avoided bringing that. up any fixes? Yeah, I think we was... fixed Jumanji and you never watched it. <laughs> well, 
not not the new Jumanji. No, not yet. Like, it have left... you ever done this on any other episodes, or, or was it just Jumanji? How long have you been lying to our listeners? Well, I mean, when I fall asleep, I still technically watched it. No, you didn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true at I, all. I, I let it come in through audible, you know, recognition. <laughs> My God, you're still lying to the listeners. I would like to apologize on behalf of the Screen Fix team. Anyway, so what about you, Lady One? Do you, do you have any idea of any direction that they can go with this sequel? Yes. So I'm actually torn about this because the reason I loved it was everyone's performances. They were funny characters. They were different characters. People were playing against type. It was just really other than The Rock. Obviously, The Rock can only do like the one thing. So I really enjoyed all of that. So I don't want to lose that from the sequel but also i don't want to watch another thing that's really really similar again i don't want to watch we have to go back in yeah like it would be cool if there's different kids obviously it will have to be different kids playing the game so maybe we do get the rock having to be a little different maybe we get you know kevin hart is the avatar for a 15 year old girl instead of jack black i don't know you can mix it up there's a way to get creative with it but it's got to be different enough that I don't feel like I'm literally seeing the same movie again. So I'm curious what they'll do. So I think for a sequel, what they can do is, is if the first one was a board game and the next one was a video game from the 90s, I mean, Jumanji might have to change itself yet again because someone's like, I'm not going to play a video game from the 90s. Mm -hmm. And maybe this time it becomes... Like a VR game? Yeah, maybe some kind of virtual reality immersive experience or maybe even just like a phone app. They get sucked into a phone or something. I don't know. Just if they do 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 another sequel, I think they kind of started down that road of it's a board game. Now it's a video game. Like the thing... It can it, it can shift. Yeah, it 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 evolves to be whatever the kids are playing with now. Something different, you know. Hopefully, it does have some new cast members. I loved this cast though, which is partially why I think it worked. Yeah, I definitely think that's why it worked. That's why I'm not sure what I want from the next one because I want these. Right. I want these avatars back, but I yeah. want them to do something different with them. I don't want to hear. We have, we have to go back, retrace our steps. We left something inside. No, I think we're done with those those four kids. At least one of them will will probably be in it. Maybe because they won the game, Jumanji wants to play again against the same people. And maybe this time it sucks in maybe The Rock's kids or something. <laughs> he wasn't a real person in it. Oh, he was. <laughs> you know, the, the, the kid with the big mole that played The Rock. I don't know. Anyway, A Quiet Place sequel was also announced. Uh, and again... Where does this one go? Where does a Quiet Place sequel go? Since you bowed out of that Jumanji one, you're on the hook for this one, Mustachio. Go. I yeah, I want to see how they kill the next three or four or ten, however that happens. Do you think in this one they're gonna like up the stakes and they have to like find the queen and kill the queen monster? Yeah, that's where I think <laughs> they're gonna go with a Quiet Place sequel. I would actually like to find out how this all started. I'm much more interested in the first 80 whatever days. Like, show me the absolute complete breakdown of society that started. Show me all those people who went oh, missing and they right. had they had time to put up the missing persons poster. I want to know about that period you of time. You want the prequel. Yeah, because that was my main problem with that movie is yeah. I was like, I don't understand how we got here. So I, w- I would like to explore that side of it. I think that could be really creepy. Quiet Place just had those really cheesy scribblings on the wall. Like, they hear sounds. 
armored skin like just explaining what's going on giant words on the wall which is pretty cheesy who who writes on the wall how to stop them like like what the hell is that tell us more tell us tell us how that house got so so chic so <laughs> i want to hear the story of the home decorator mm-hmm. so i'd right, so you want to see a prequel mustachio I don't remember what you said you wanted to see. What do you want to see? Just how they maintain their flower beds. That's that's what I wanted to see. I think that they're just going to go to some kind of like, we need to kill the source one, the queen or whatnot. I think that's where these sequels go. I really hope this sequel does not go that road and does something completely different. Right? Is that what you want? Are you sad that mm-hmm. the next one will not have, you know, if they do a prequel, it can still have Halpert. Yep. That's one way to keep old, old hangdog. Now it's time maybe for Indie Corner? Is this an indie? So we watched the Kin trailer and a boy finds a futuristic weapon. And there's also a brother who's just getting out of jail or some kind of trouble. And he's mixed up with James Franco, who's some kind of... Shady character. Shady character. And he basically, it's this kid running around with this alien gun. And I don't know much more than that, other than him saying things like, Why did you never tell me? To me, this looks like a movie that somehow escaped Netflix. I don't know how this is a theatrical release, but uh, what were your thoughts on Kin Mustachio? I still, I get, I get kind of confused when I see a trailer like that because it's like, oh yeah, well everything's got my attention with the gun, but everything else just seems like, like what? how does this brother just keep getting captured? And ooh, James Franco looks like he's going to play a good bad guy. What did you think of this one, Lady One? Eh, that's, that's my take on it. It looks kind of cheap. It doesn't look like it's telling me enough to want to know what happens. It's not super specific about what's going on. So I don't know. It looks fine. It didn't grab me. Like if this was on Netflix, I'd be like, all right, I'll start that while I'm eating some bad Chinese food. And nothing about this movie so far is like, I need to spend my money and see that. No. Yeah. When you have so many options out there between streaming and when movies are expensive as they are, movies like this one just aren't breaking through for me. Yeah. Our last thing, uh, Guillermo del Toro has been trying to get off the ground a scary stories to tell in the dark film. And did he fall? Was he? Trying to get off the ground? Oh. <laughs> oh, he's Guillermo del Turtle, and he tipped over. Oh, my God, he can't get up. <laughs> he's like, ah. Wow, Guillermo <laughs> del Turtle is stuck on his back. So he's been trying to get off the ground for a while to get this film made. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, based on the popular scary folktale collection books that I can remember buying when I was a kid. And the thing about these books is is you know the folk tales are kind of scary some of them are scarier than others some of them are kind of silly but the illustrations in these books mm-hmm. by an artist named Stephen Gamel were frightening they were these like horrifying black and white charcoal drippy just these these horrifying drawings that were in these books that were sold to kids and they were like the stuff of nightmares. And I remember these books. I actually have the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark anthology collection. It's it's all three <laughs> books together. I have it sitting in my bookcase right now. And I, I've actually made a sheet fort and sat in the sheet fort and read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I'm a weird date, admittedly. So, <laughs> Admittedly. I- <laughs> you open with that? <laughs> 
That's my it's my opening line. Uh, so these books are like ingrained in my childhood and uh do you uh, what's your childhood experience with these books mustachio yeah i actually remember two that i read and one about a window washer and like how he follows this girl out to her car or some creepy stuff like that like it it's kind of terrifying to read when i was little for a horror novel I think I have the same one as you where that like looks like that skull is on like some kind of Yeah, it's got like a, a red nose and like a pipe and the yeah. smoke's coming out of the pipe. It, it almost looks like an atomic bomb, but it's a clown skull. <laughs> it's disturbing. Oh, I thought it was supposed to look like a tree. They're horrifying. Maybe a With tree, a face but it's, on they're, they're, it. it's... Oh, that would make more sense. Tree or bomb, it's just, it's freaky. I can remember not wanting to open the book at night. Yeah, I would read them in the library at school, but I never checked it out because I didn't want to have it in my room because I was afraid of it. Like, I wanted to read yes. it with other people around me in the daylight. Yeah, I was super scared of them. Uh, it looks like for this movie, well, first of all, Guillermo del Turtle is not... <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo del Turtle is not directing it, but he's going to be on producing and writing it. Uh, the directing duties are going to Andre Overdahl, and he directed Troll Hunter and the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Troll Hunter was pretty neat uh, visually. Was it? Yeah. And it seems like the story is going to be almost like what Goosebumps did, which is how how Goosebumps did it was it was a bunch of different stories all kind of coming together in this in this town and they're like what's going on in this town this town's going crazy and it seems like this is going to be a group of kids having to deal with a bunch of mysterious things going on in their town so but i i'm hoping that it borrows heavily from those frightening stephen gamel images uh what do you think about this one uh lady one i hope that they use his illustrations for like posters for promoting this I don't, I'm scared of it. Just the concept wigs me out. So uh, I guess I'll have to leave the country again. If we're going to talk about that <laughs> No. Now I understand how to get out of fixing a movie is just leave the country. <laughs> well. Because if you're in the country, you're goddamn yeah, doing it. Yeah, I am. We will drag you into the yeah. studio and you will yeah. do it. We know where you live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Mustachio, how do you feel about this one? I'm in. If it's kind of goosebump style where you feel like it's like all these different situations, but maybe they're cohesive and you find that out later. Um, yeah, it looks it looks terrifying. Uh, just the thought of it. Th those books were stand out for me as a kid. I read Goosebumps. I think I sold Goosebumps books when I was little. Sold them? What you're like on a on a street corner? Yeah, I would be like, "It's say cheese or die." It'll be five bucks. Hey, you want Goosebumps yeah. books? You gotta go through Little Mustachio. I'm the only one selling Goosebumps in this book. <laughs> Actually, Jeffrey yeah. has books. Show me that motherfucker. I'll beat Jeffrey's. He's price. on my turf selling Goosebumps. <laughs> Jeffrey, yeah, turf warfare. Jeffrey does not show up to school the next day. It wasn't that bad, but it, I mean, loosely, kind of. So I'm I'm also definitely on board for this one. I'm glad this is being filmed. It's being filmed this summer. They're going to shoot it this summer. So hopefully we'll look for this next year. I have another question, though. Besides these kind of Stephen Gamel drawings and these scary stories books, was there anything else when you were young, when you were a kid, that just really scared you? Yeah, that, that book with the girl with the ribbon around her neck. Do you guys know that one? Uh, what was that? The Little Red Riding Hood? No, it was this book, and it was about this girl who had a ribbon around her neck, 
And then eventually they take it off and her head falls off. That was a book? That sounds familiar. What the heck book is that? It was like a short book for kids with pictures, but it wasn't in the scary stories. Like this was at the Scholastic Book Fair? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dude. That is frightening. I I, I know. I'm still really upset by it. I'm a grown woman. (laughs) When I was a, a, a kid, something that scared, like just scared me so much was... A TV show, um, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, I still watch that all the time right now. Unsolved Mysteries scared me to death when I was right? a kid because it's and the the theme music with that. I can remember that theme song and that show making all my hair stand up. Like I would get so worked up and scared, and I would start like looking out of my blinds slowly. Like that's how much that show freaked me out. Uh, Mustachio, do something when, when, is there anything when you were a kid that just like really scared you? Oh yeah. Campfire ghost stories. Um, they would scare What's the campfire ghost stories? Well, no, just actually hearing a ghost story oh, by actual. a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> like I went, I was in the Boy Scouts. I went to summer camps a lot. Like, yeah, I've heard a lot of good ghost stories. There was actually one called the Gaiguna and this, I think this guy just made it up and it actually. Sounds like this surfer in Hawaii. I know, right? <laughs> just. Like, it sounds like bro, like high five-ish, but these... Gaguna. Imagine the, the, the speed of those creatures in a quiet place, except they're in the trees, and if you make Whoa. any noise while walking, they come down, and they just pop, they pull your head off. And What the hell? Yeah, the speed, oh, my God. The speed at which they move, they just basically pull your head off of your body, and then your body just slowly falls. You know, it's like you don't even and see these things. this was a campfire story. That is scary. I heard that when I was eight years old. Yeah. It, like, you still remember the name of the monster, the Gaikuna. Oh, yeah. I'm like, still props because I don't hear the bro side, the surfboardish in it because it's- Gaikuna. To me, it's terrifying. It's like these things that kill you if you make noise in the woods. That's, that's scary. That is freaky. So anyway- Awesome. Uh, that's our news. We're going to go ahead and move on to our fix. It, the, I really planned this poorly. There's no way to segue what were you afraid of and then going into I feel pretty. I guess I feel pretty. She's afraid of her own body. So there's my segue. Today, we are going to be fixing Amy Schumer's I feel pretty. So I feel pretty came out a little bit of an underwhelming debut since Trainwreck there has been snatched and then there is this film and each one has done less box office so I guess after the rated R fiasco of snatch she decided to go more PG-13 appeal to a wider audience a little softer tone type uh, body image film I guess PG-13 she thought maybe younger people could watch it I don't know but this is uh, gonna make less less and less money i guess she's like really needing these this uh j-law collaboration that everybody's saying is in in the works because her star seems to be falling a bit anyway we've got i feel pretty i'm ready to fix it but uh first of all uh why don't you give us some some stats on it lady (laughs) one our statistician all right yep that's how you say it so the production budget for this movie was 22 million it only opened in the u.s it doesn't have a foreign release so it made 16 million it's opening weekend it came in third behind a quiet place and rampage so over two weeks now it's up to 30 million but when you're considering how much they probably spent on marketing i think this movie is still currently losing money Mm. 
yeah. doesn't have an international release. That's damn. That's interesting and strange. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I kind of get it because it is really based on Western beauty standards. So it doesn't really have an international appeal. So Yeah, because oh, yeah. international people, they're like, oh, my God, she's obese. But here in the United States, we're like, ah, oh, she's normal. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that's exactly what I meant. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's they're not universal beauty standards. So uh, it's 34 percent rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. And the audience score is even lower at 28 percent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeesh. Nobody's really feeling it. Nobody's feeling pretty. Who knows? Maybe it has. It's going to have some. Uh, maybe it's a marathon, not a sprint. We'll see. You know, before we can fix something, we got to know what this is about. Mustachio, how about your sassy summary? <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give it to you. So I Feel Pretty has Renee Bennett, Amy Schumer. She works for a high-end makeup company. It's called Lily LeClaire. And she works in their online division's basement office in Chinatown. Her two close friends, played by Aidy Bryant and Busy Phillips, want her to go on grouper dates with them. They're not getting any invites, but that doesn't stop them from having fun together. She has to go to the headquarters to make a delivery. And there she sees the company's CEO, Avery LeClaire, played by Michelle Williams. She watches Avery's every move amidst this, you know, this office space of slender supermodel level women walking around the halls. We get a small break into Avery's business meeting where her grandmother, Lily Claire, Lauren Hutton, has more drive to market the diffusion line of lower retail based companies like Target and as Avery calls them, Caholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke in the movie. Um, so, I liked it. Yeah, right. So they're... They're hiring for the receptionist position, and Renee really wants the job at her Soul Cycle class. She feels out of place with her size, and that she has like a size nine and a half double wide shoe. And she's got, like, she can't keep her cycle upright. She just keeps falling. Yeah, this makes her feel really out of place. She falls on her head while here and wakes up, seeing herself to everyone else's surprise as very pretty. Her friends seem to think that she's crazy and a little brash because she has this new outlook on how she sees herself. The new Renee is at a dry cleaners where she's picking up her sangria vomit stained laundry, but she still has <laughs> the confidence and the charm or to charm the fellow customer, Ethan, Rory Scoville, into swapping numbers. On their first date, they slip into a bar and they there's a swimsuit competition going on. And to Ethan's surprise, she enters. She has a great time. She wins the audience's appreciation and yet still honorably loses, but she doesn't let that get her down because, as she puts it, she doesn't need a room full of drunk guys to confirm how good she looks. Yeah, and these things are rigged anyway. Right. He's smitten with this girl because she's confident about who she is and what she's capable of. Renee goes to the job interview and impresses Avery LeClaire with her attitude about how if she were at the front door, she would exude this feeling of like there's nowhere else to be. As the new receptionist, she gets the job and she's an unlikely face for the business, but she's impressing her higher ups, even Grant LeClaire, the brother, Ooh. with her I'm on top of it attitude. With his safe man arms. He's so handsome. And she's got <laughs> insight into how most women typically shop for makeup, as she would see it. She bails on her two close friends at a local Chinese eatery when she gets access to some secret pop-up party in the back that we do not get to see. We're just led to believe that these things happen in Chinese restaurants all over New York City. I have been to a speakeasy in a Chinese restaurant in New York City. Sweet. They're there. They're no there. cameras, I take it, because we couldn't see into it. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So she she leaves her friends. Uh, they feel self conscious and a little betrayed by this new Renee. Just like me, I, I wasn't allowed into the speakeasy. <laughs> you were still eating at the buffet. Dim sum Sorry. only. Yeah. Sorry. Go back and have some more dim sum, dork. <laughs> <laughs> so her insight lands her uh, new role as the VP of Diffusion Strategy. And now she's being relied upon by the Averys to help Lily LeClaire market to this new demographic. She goes on a trip with the Averys and Grant tries to kiss her. So she excuses herself on the grounds of painful diarrhea. <laughs> while, in the, while in the bathroom, she slips and hits her head after asking herself in the mirror, who, who are you? Shouldn't some diarrhea have come out when she hit her head? Uh, I felt like it was just an excuse. We didn't really need to yeah, I don't oh. think there was oh, totally. actual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, you're onto something there. <laughs> she, um, she didn't. So now she slips back into being self-conscious, and she doesn't want to be seen again for fear of not being accepted like she once was. Renee breaks up with Ethan in a very kind of realistic way. When it kind of breaks the mold of how comedy movies you know treat a breakup how they typically do it is like oh there was something important that she didn't tell him he found out now they break up blah but this is different this is more identity you know i don't feel secure i don't know if you even see who i am kind of more realistic to the confusion of a breakup that aside she shows back up at the lily leclaire showcase where they're going to release the diffusion line she saves the day by speaking from the heart about her self-doubt and how it gets perpetuated by an unreasonable image factor for women. Her slideshow wins over the crowd of models and high-end execs for makeup when they see when they see women who don't have tiny waists being the face for this new line. Afterwards, she hooks back up with Ethan, and she gets to keep her job. The end. All right. Did I miss anything? Good job. That was brief. Lady One, did you post an Instagram during that? Yeah. Why are you all up in my feed Multitasking. then? Multitasking. <laughs> Why am I getting a notification about a Katie post during his summary? Are you paying attention to this podcast? <laughs> I was paying attention. Why do you get notifications when I post? <laughs> I get notifications in general when, when people post sometimes. That's too many notifications. She saw Why? the movie. You're, she doesn't need the summary. Are you, are you here? Are you all here? <laughs> yeah. What else have you been doing during this podcast? I had a good brunch with my friends. I had to post it. If you didn't post your brunch to Instagram, it didn't happen. <laughs> During potting, <laughs> I'll allow it this one time. Thanks. You're welcome. It, look like, it did look like a fun brunch. It anyway, was. So tasty. So, <clears throat> so here we go. We, uh, before we just start fixing, we like to talk about what we liked about it. We actually like movies. We love movies. This I thought this movie was fine. It was good. I had a good. I was never like I'm gonna walk out of this. I no. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I I thought this movie was was fine. Like I had a I had a good time, and I watched it alone. A male Same. alone. Me too. Uh, so did uh, did all of us watch it alone? Yeah. As a male? Yes. Um, alone <laughs> as a female. So I watched it alone. No one ever went into my row because. Obviously, I'm a guy alone in a movie Ugh. theater. Nobody even wants to be in my row. Yeah, me neither. My theater was not empty, though. There was uh, two teenagers, though, sat in front of me and were making out like crazy. And after the trailers, they got up and went to the back to make I out mean, more. I think we all understand what was happening back there. Yeah. We're yeah. uh, turning up I the volume feel... on the makeout session. Yeah. I, I actually got like the women that were three rows in front of me that were surprised to see me walk in by myself. <laughs> 
um, they actually got up and at the credits, you could tell they waited the whole time to get a good look at me. Now the, now the, now the lights are on and I've got my hands over my face and I'm kind of smiling because, you know, I enjoyed this one. And they're looking at me right. like, all right, we got to see what this guy looks like. They're like, we need to see what he looks is he like crying? and if his fly is open oh, or shut. No. Oh, oh gosh. That reminds me. Um, I worked at a movie theater. and It reminds you of something. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. I worked at a movie theater, no. and the guy said, uh, I'll take a movie ticket for Bridget Jones's panties. And we knew what he was going in there for. Oh, no. But I wasn't that kind of customer. I know. I was just the guy who's like, Bridget oh. Jones panties? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Hold on. Did you have to clean this theater after? Of course. You're... You, like as a oh as a uh, concessionist, you have okay, to, hold on. You have to clean okay. up. So Mustachio vomit. used to work at a theater. Give us your weirdest cleanup story. Go. Oh no, that's that you can't air that. To keep it as PC. Oh. Worst thing you ever. Okay, okay the f- worst thing you the f- ever busted the- or or whatever. No, no. So the f- oh sheesh. All right. Worst thing I had to clean up was on my, like the second night ever that I worked as a concessionist. <laughs> my manager told me, "All right, you and me are on." Taco Bell vomit cleanup duty in men's room. Oh my god! Yeah, because you know people buy like water cups and pour vodka in them, and well, yeah, they. Uh... All right. Well, now I feel shitty. Um, <laughs> what's something that you liked about this uh, this film, Mustachio Go? All right, that's this is an interesting segue from the topic, but I I felt like this movie was, was like a much needed and healthy perspective into women's insecurities and the world they live in. I, I mean, it's so easy for us guys to not even try to think about things from a woman's perspective, but this movie really tries to change that by forcing us to see one woman's views in relation to others. Now, for reassessing observations of gender, it didn't totally hit the mark, but but I'll be damned if it didn't shoot for the target. So this this movie, like... I thought you were going to walk in right there. I'd be damned. I'd be damned if it didn't shoot for the target. <laughs> I don't know. There it is. I, I, uh, he's walking that one out. How about you, uh, Lady One? What's, what's something you enjoyed about this? I laughed out loud on a few occasions in this movie. In particular, when she is describing herself in the bikini contest... She's like giving her bio. Yeah, that's good. I laughed at every single thing she said. And I wish I could remember them all right now, but I do remember when she said that she was kicked out twice from a New Kids on the Block concert for <laughs> crying too loud. <laughs> I just I think she, loved that. She like, heard like a marry me in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that yeah. whole part. Marry me. Super yeah. funny. Also, like as far as the entire movie is concerned, I loved that they did not go the shallow Hal route and show a hot girl. They just kept it the whole time as she's seeing something, but we never have to go there into what she's imagining people are seeing because then you open it up to all sorts of like, oh, well, that's not what I'm into. Oh, I like this kind of girl. I like that kind of girl. That's not what there's problems with this body, too. And we never go there. And I love that we just left it completely out of view of just she's she's just looking at herself and she's just happy and i really love that they didn't go like show us quote unquote her perspective i really liked that yeah that would be like amy schumer 
and Kate Upton are Renee. <laughs> right. I'm glad they didn't do that. Right. Yeah, because that would be really distracting. And I thought the movie was good. It, the The screenplay was pretty brisk. I mean, it's got its problems, but something that I really liked, I thought Michelle Williams was the MVP of this movie. I loved every scene she was in with her weird little voice and her... <laughs> awkward performance <laughs> i was like i don't know i loved her as avery leclaire every time she was in the movie again i was like, <laughs> like i got i got i got so happy that she was in it because i loved her character so much like she was just diving into this awkward high-pitched voiced out of touch uh fashion maven i i thought she was fantastic maven um, good word drop there you go <laughs> i got the ten dollar word too <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes it's when like I can a afford 750 it. Word. Hey, come on! It's only two syllables. Hey, did you ever do improv? Yes, and come on, we gotta we gotta lift each other up here. <laughs> nah, I call him like I see him. Oh right. Oh boy. <laughs> Always continue to do Aquaman's all right. <laughs> I can never get enough of it for the length of this podcast. <laughs> It's because it's stuck. It it's either Walken or Aquaman. It's like I have nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I am not a person. Yeah. Walk, <laughs> Walkman. So yeah, I thought Michelle Williams was an MVP of this. Yeah, I enjoyed R- Rory Stovall. I-, I thought he was great in this too. Um, he really was. I was surprised right? about that. I find him super super annoying on podcasts. But he was so charming and really entertaining in this. Yeah. Maybe he needs to stick to uh, acting and not. Uh, his normal personality <laughs> no he is great he is great <laughs> uh what is a podcast you heard him on oh when he's on doug loves movies he seems like he's slightly wired and he's just non-stop it's a little exhausting <laughs> compared to doug i'm sure he seems non-stop yeah that's yeah true. i know everybody Maybe that's not really a fair comparison Maybe he's everybody <laughs> seems wired compared to he's doug talking Benson. so fast yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's perspective yeah. Yeah, I thought everybody in this movie was just game and they were going for it. Even the uh, the girl from Saturday Night Live that looks like a uh stock photo. But I in general, I thought everybody in this movie was doing a great job. I I just really like movies where it looks like nobody is just sleepwalking through it and everyone's throwing themselves into it. And that's what we we got here. So, uh, and even Amy Schumer throws herself into this. I mean, yeah. even mm-hmm. for, I mean, she really throws herself into it and Absolutely. When you're watching the film, you appreciate that. So let's go ahead and dive into our fixes for this. Do you want to start us off with a uh, minor gripe lady one? Yeah. So this is, it's a little bit major, but it's minor in that I don't have a whole lot to give on it. I wish this had just been an R-rated movie. I feel like it would have explored the topic more It could have been funnier. It could have been crazier. With Amy Schumer in the lead, she needs an R-rated movie to really give us everything she's capable of. And like a slightly watered down Amy Schumer is not the best kind of Amy Schumer. So I would have preferred this if they just went full on R-rated movie. Right. I agree with that because I feel feel like the movie should have been either rated R or super PG-13. Good fix. I don't know why I said that all breathy. I know. <laughs> I don't know why I said that all breathy. It's a little weird. weird. I, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Mustachio. Uh, <laughs> Did I make you have... self-conscious about how you say that? <laughs> well, I don't like it this way. <laughs> I like mustachio. I find totally fine. Mustachio. 
how about your minor gripe and fix? <laughs> Sounded like a little Aziz right there. Fix yourself. Um, all right. <laughs> this movie kind of compares itself uh, to Big. Maybe, or it just it just like shows her watching the movie Big. Well, that movie was crucial, pivotal for me as a kid. I loved that movie. Same. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Jimmy, Jimmy, Coco Pop, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Rock. I yeah. had a girlfriend. Okay, so, all right. So, yeah, so in that movie, we see like a, a young Josh Baskin like becoming an adult because he wished for it from a Zoltar machine. Well, she wishes in most in the same way, but she doesn't get it. Like it comes later because in Big, he he like goes on a fun romp as his new self. He rides in a limo. He goes to a toy store without an adult. He, he, he gets the apartment like of his dreams with like a Coke machine and a trampoline. So he does some fun things. And I, I wanted to see more of a fun romp as her new self and not just like a wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, I liked that they showed Big in there to put that comparison in there, but nothing actually happened to her. She just had a traumatic head injury. Um, <laughs> she didn't get a wish granted. She just thought she did. So they can't show quite as many as of her dreams coming true as little Josh got when he got big. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I did enjoy that it was sort of Nothing was actually happening. She was just perceiving things completely differently. That was pretty entertaining to watch. That's true. That's. I mean, would that have taken away from the movie's message if she did get to do more as her perceived new self or something? No, because I think the movie is is definitely trying to put the message forward that it's about how you carry yourself. It's not about how you look. It's about how you feel. Yeah. Because um, it's I feel pretty, not I am pretty. So... There's that, but yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see her push it a little harder. Real good. I, I want. I wanted to see more of like those little things that we're seeing her like, where she's like, okay, I'm going to go get those drinks because I'm the hot girl at the bar and I'm going to get them. Like, I would have liked to see her in a few more instances pushing her luck because she thinks <laughs> she's super hot. <laughs> yeah, me too. JC, minor gripe, you got anything? Okay, so uh, my first minor fix or gripe is uh the job so she is working in this data center and she when she bumps her head and she gets she perceives herself as being attractive the job that she really wants is to be a receptionist at the main hq Mm -hmm. of the beauty company but i didn't think that really made sense in the context of this of the I, i i don't think that makes sense for anyone uh, first of all, I think she she did it because it's kind of in a shallow way. That's where the beautiful people were kind of working and going, and she thought she was beautiful now. So I guess she thought she was beautiful enough to be the receptionist at this job. And the next step is modeling, they say. But I would have liked her to. Yes, she gets the job because she's thinks that she's superficially pretty. But after she does end up getting FaceTime with some of the higher-ups, I would have liked to have seen her become the VP of this new diffusion line through actual job knowledge that she earned in her previous role in that kind of data center. Maybe she had been studying web data, client data. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she knew uh, she knew through just raw data, she knew more about the client than maybe these higher ups did. And she was yeah. using that kind of knowledge. She was where the beauty was getting her in the door, but her 
actual skills were getting her further rather than just her perspective as a regular girl. Right. All right. How about your second fix, Lady One? Give it to us. Well, I had a problem with when she has her fight with her friends and they tell her, you know, we're friends with you because you're smart and funny and a great time and a nice person. And that's why we're friends with you. But like, we never see her be that way. (laughs) When the movie starts, she's complaining about dating websites and she's pouting and she's sick of it. And she's, she's frustrated and mad. And we see all of the things that lead to her feeling that way. We see her in a clothing store and the girl is dismissive. We see her, you know, at soul cycle and feeling like she doesn't belong there and and i get all that but i really wish they had done a little bit more to show us that she was this fun great friend to have and it was actually kind of weird i feel like maybe they did something with that and it got cut out because when um ethan is at her place he looks at the picture of her on the fridge with her like giving her friends the finger like (laughs) clearly having a fun silly time and she's folded it over And I don't know, like maybe there was going to be something where we saw that she was like looking at old photos with with her and her friends and they were, you know, having a great time on the beach, not feeling uncomfortable because they were like younger and it was before the world like made her feel bad about herself. So I wish we could have seen the person that they're wanting to be friends with because she seems miserable and then kind of a dick. (laughs) <laughs> we never see her be like right. that fun There's great friend they're the talking fun. about yeah. yeah yeah like like i consider time with my friends is like like no matter how bad my day is my friends is like my sanctuary area or like my safety circle where i can be be myself yeah and uh, you're right maybe this movie needed to show us the like the best of her as an as a the side that they pre- know knocked on the head person right yeah. like the side that they that they see yeah being supportive because she, she does just seem to be kind of miserable down and out from the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. True. so that that's something i would have liked to see done differently is show us her being a great friend and a great person to be around that is a good fix lady that one good mustachio give us your second fix all right, so I wanted to see more of a change with Avery LeClaire at the end. So the the end of the movie has Renee selling the new image of Avery LeClaire to a room full of like high-end makeup models and execs. This isn't mm-hmm. a very meaningful change considering the audience. Instead uh, of it being instead of it being like just her out there at the end, I wanted the CEO Avery LeClaire to come endorse this new message and and kind of risk her company's success on this new business model and and show like that she's standing with her, that that empathy is there, that that um, same uh, character flaws are coming out. And because we've seen those character flaws in Avery LeClaire in the movie with her breathy voice that she's taking vocal lessons for and, mm. and, and how she just, she kind of, you know, like, doesn't she like say like mean things to herself? Like, in a Tourette's kind of way or something. Yeah, she does. She she would she would say like, "Oh, you bitch, you're you're nothing." Like she would like she would like berate herself on, under her breath. Yeah, and 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 so at the end, I wanted her to kind of, you know, stand together and, and come out and like not just like not take credit for what 
Renee just came up with for this new diffusion line and how they present it, but more so of like, you know, like wanting to be that face for the company that endorses this, this like great acceptance of others and this expansion of the new line. That that's awesome. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna piggyback off of there. There were definitely two stories going on here, and one of them was somebody who was considered the pinnacle of fashion and the pinnacle of beauty, and she was berating herself constantly. Mm-hmm. And there was room there for Renee to help her, and for her to help Renee also. Yeah, I, I feel like it definitely would, would have been powerful if Renee had been like, no, I'm not going to make this speech. We're going to make this speech. You know, just something like that would have been better, I think, than what we got. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. I think it's a really good one. Yeah, I like it. JC, like, we've been given these fixes. We, we want to hear some of yours. What, what you got? Me? Give us that fix. Okay. Um, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. So I'm going to go back a little bit to the big parallel. Don't show big unless you're trying if to you're go big. a little big a bit. Right. If you're just showing big because something magic happens and somebody goes through a change, uh, that's a little cheap. But so if they do parallel big, if, if they did, this, my fix is for them to not just show big, but to parallel big more. Big is a be careful what you wish for story. He wants to be big and then he realizes that that adult life is not really what he wanted. He wants to go back to the innocence of being a child. So in this case, I've thought of more of a be careful what you wish for story for her in this world of high high fashion. As she makes her way up into this world of high fashion, which is the place that she always wanted to be. She wants to be gorgeous and she wants to work for this high fashion uh, mogul. I mean, she wants to be in this world so badly. She's willing to be a receptionist just to be near it. I thought of more of a be careful what you wish for story in the case of so expectations are high. Maybe when she gets there, relationships are superficial, more superficial than she wanted them to be. And she can do all this even with her with a regular body because she gets there. It's her brain that gets her there. But when she gets into this high fashion world it's not what she wanted so maybe she gets hurt when she gets to the top Uh, maybe uh, when she gets to the top she gets in good with the grandmother and the grandmother tries to choose her over her own granddaughter yeah and she realizes that that relationships are superficial and uh, maybe the brother instead of being this like nice guy who says you really see me uh, actually tries to make her one of his conquests and tries to hold over her that he is very high up and very important in this company as well. And he owns like 40% of the stock and you know she should sleep with him. And she sees this world and she longs for the one where she was just herself with her friends. That's good. I was waiting for some sort of twist with the hot brother when he was like ordering room service on her room and sneaking on the jet. And I was kind of waiting for the reveal to be that he is some sort of like nightmare drain on the family and the company and that she was enabling that. And that's why he was being super flirty with her was just like, oh, this is some dumb girl who doesn't realize that I'm cut off and I'm using her to subvert my grandma and my sister's wishes and that she was going to get some kind of consequence 
for ordering his food and getting letting him on the jet and not telling Avery. Like, I was waiting for that, and it never happened. Yeah. He was just a hot guy who was into her. There was no payoff yeah. there. True. So that could be one of the consequences is that you know, people use people in this world. Yeah. yeah. And that, that would have paralleled big more. All right. Give us your finale fix, Lady Juan. So, Ethan, I liked that we see that he's a little awkward. He's a little intimidated by her for sure, especially when he's having that conversation with Dave Attell in the bar. Like, how have we not mentioned that Dave Attell is in this movie? <laughs> right. Um, as like a perfectly creepy bikini contest host. <laughs> a yes. plus he casting. Was... Oh, yeah. Perfectly Perfect. cast. Yeah. Yes. He loved that cast. So Rory Scovel's Ethan is definitely, you know, a guy with his own confidence issues. He talks about work being a boys club and, you know, how he just he doesn't want to go to the gym because there's too much macho there. Like, I would have really liked if that date that he has at the end with Renee and he's, you know, oh, Saturday, let's go have dinner. I would have liked if maybe we got a reveal that that's just not like a random date he wanted to take her on, but he was going to tell her like, oh, I got a promotion at work because you've inspired me. You're just so confident and you go after what you want. And I would have liked if he became a better person from being around her. Yes. Yeah, that is, yes. Yes. I want more of a payoff for Ethan. Yes. People need their payoffs. That would have been a fantastic payoff for Ethan. Yeah. Is that, yeah, her confidence helps someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, He's inspired that's, by her. And then and then maybe she realized when she's down in the dumps that confidence, no matter what, is just a, a, a healthy image of yourself is... Mm-hmm. is is the right state of mind. That's great. Yeah, like, yeah. like he doesn't want to be her That's when he grows great. up. He wants to be like her right now. Right? Yeah. I love right? that he said that to her. They said, I want to be you when I grow up. And I would have yeah. liked to see him start to become her. Yep. Yes. That's excellent. All right. Mustachio, what is your super finale fix? All right. So I'm going to pick on another LeClaire now. I'm going to move on to Grant. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, boy. Oh. What does that remind me of? His arms are so strong. Those veins were like busting out of his arms. So bulgy. (laughs) Uh, He must have done a ton of push-ups before they shot that scene. Oh, yeah. All right, so Grant LeClaire, he he, takes petty jabs at his sister uh, at times, like when they're at the restaurant concerning the mm-hmm. Boston pitch. Yeah, he's know, mean. And and how like she doesn't let him get uh, room service. But since we didn't get to see too many flaws in her general character uh, about how she runs things, I felt like this took away more from his credibility and not hers. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. There's like no setup for that. He's just like this random guy who is getting... Sh- like the shaft why yeah that's was, why i thought there was going to yeah, be a reveal exactly. that he's actually a bad dude like he's not getting what yeah, he wants yeah that that didn't go anywhere yeah if he's so proud of the new direction his sister is you know going in with like that hire for renee like good, mm-hmm. good on her then let him stay supportive don't like show us how he's the irresponsible brother who abuses room service and sneaks onto the private jet but still makes justified jabs at his sister. I, I didn't. I didn't want that. I didn't think about that as much as I should have. That's that's awesome. Like because you were distracted by his hotness. I was distracted <laughs> by those arms. Man, I wanted a sex scene there. I knew that guy uh, was not so, American. He was too hot to be American. <laughs> Non-American hot. But have you seen me and Mustachio? <laughs> we are not non-American hot. We're American hot. 
Anyway, we're perfect. Yeah. So, all right, go on. Yeah. Uh, duh. Duh. Put your shirt back on, Mustachio. <laughs> Put it back on. The studio's getting hot, man. It's not that hot. Put it back on. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So we're ready for a final fix from JC. My final fix stemmed from I was watching in the theater, obviously by myself, weirdly, <laughs> with a couple of high school kids making out in the back. It's really weird. So <laughs> my fix comes from the moment where at the very end, there's the quote unquote hot girl that's complaining about being broken up with. And Amy Schumer says she wants to punch her in her dumb face. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that line, I said, that was the moment in the movie that I realized how kind of ridiculous the this whole film was because I was looking at Amy Schumer right then and I'm like Amy Schumer is okay so she's overweight right now just like many of us in our lives and she's not ugly Amy Schumer's pretty in the in the face like this Mm -hmm. this is this this is not this is not like some hideous person no and she has fantastic fashion sense from start to finish in this movie even before the head injury she's got cute outfits her clothes are great she just looks like a normal girl and for a normal girl living a normal life to complain so hard about I don't have it so good because I'm not hot suddenly at that moment rang so hollow to me it was at that moment that I realized how different this movie would have been had the lead been A.D. Bryant or somebody who would struggle more um, rather than somebody who's literally probably a normal, everyday, attractive woman like Amy Schumer is. And this is a large fix, but because obviously you need Amy Schumer to star in this movie and you need to sell this movie and whatnot, but how much more powerful would this movie have been if the lead would have had a disability or a genetic problem? How much more powerful would this film had had been if it wasn't just a white normal average decent job blonde person who's just whining about not being hot i appreciated the body image message Mm -hmm. that was going on in it but i thought the movie could have been even more powerful so my fix is to have the character somebody who has you know a non-perfect body but has a non-perfect body genetically not just somebody who's a little bit big because they like pizza and mozzarella sticks but somebody who somebody who's body is genetically not predisposed to being what we consider the ideal and that's my fix for all of i feel pretty that was that was an even bigger fix than your big fix does anyone else have any uh comment or any any final thought on i feel pretty i i have something when searching like the IMDb page for Lauren Hutton, who plays Lily Claire. Mm-hmm. I found like a great quote, and I'm going to go ahead and read it to you guys. And it kind of kind of plays into this movie quite a bit. We have to be able to grow up. Our wrinkles are our medals of the passage of life. They are not, they are what we have been through and who we want to be. I don't think I'll ever cut my face because once I cut it, I'll never know where I've been. Lauren Hutton. It's pretty good about you know. that that quote just made me happy because i am loaded with wrinkles <laughs> that's a great quote thank you for that ending there mustachio i'm gonna get a little emotion but let's consider this one yep 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 screen fixed <laughs>
All right, why don't you send us home with our housekeeping items? Lady Wan, go. Sure. So if you have a correction or a question or something you want us to say for next week's episode, please reach out. You can email us, screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us about fixes or any movie news. There's tons of stuff going on over there at ScreenFixPod. We're on Instagram at ScreenFixPod, and you can find the show on Facebook, ScreenFixPodcast, as well. And um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. No, we're not on Stitcher. Are we on Stitcher? Yes, we're on Stitcher. Yep. And Libsyn. We also have a Patreon account uh, where you can donate to the show. There are incentives and such there. Uh, We're trying to keep the show going forever. And we also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and film festivals and marathons and all kinds of great things. Uh, So check us out there. Search Screen Fix on Patreon. Um, All right. So why don't you send us off with your best impression of Michelle Williams's Avery LaFou? Avery who? <laughs> LeClaire. Le Avery LeClaire ordering an eclair at Dunkin' Donuts. Go. Go, Mustachio. Yeah, how, how, much, how much cream filling is in it? How, how much? Is it a lot? I, I don't want too much. That sounds pretty good. Lady Wan? <laughs> this is hard because I feel like I forgot what she sounded like as soon as it was over. It was kind of breathy, airy, very Marilyn yeah. Monroe-ish. Okay. Oh, you just did it. All right, here we go. Hi. I, I think I would like to order a Claire. Please do you have some gloves so I don't have to get the chocolate on my fingers. <laughs> Next week, we will be fixing Avengers Infinity War. Look for that one. Woof, 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 woof. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>